Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and blessings and welcome to another installment of the Gist of Freedom of Faith. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author, Leslie Gist, and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who, with faith and focus, are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. I was torn from my somewhere and brought to this nowhere place. I felt alone in this place that was nowhere from my everywhere. I couldn't understand the tongue. I couldn't understand the tongue. I couldn't understand the tongue and why it was the trees here bore strange fruit that watched me with dead eyes. Cruel hands, cruel hands, cruel hands tied me down, slung me up, dug into me, and sold off what came out of me. Time flowed on like a river, like a river time flowed on. But I held tight to the memories of my some face, refusing to believe that my everywhere had always been in this nowhere place. You know, memories, they can keep you bound, or memories, they can set you free. My name is Mary Elizabeth Bowser. I was born a slave around 1839, not really knowing when I was born, because I wasn't even looked at as a person but a piece of property. And it wasn't just me. It was all slaves back in those days, but I was born on the plantation of John Van Lu. John Van Lu was a hardware merchant, and he owned a plantation of tobacco. And my job was to chew that tobacco all day and spin on those flowers to keep the bugs away. He had a wife named Eliza, and his daughter's name was Elizabeth. And she was away in school when I was young. Elizabeth had gone to the school in Pennsylvania, the Quaker school, and these people were abolitionists. So she learned a lot about slavery, and she also was taught that it was wrong to have slaves. So when she would come home, she would try to convince her father to set the slaves free. But he never did until he was on his deathbed, and she even brought the slaves back that he had sold to other plantations. And I was still young on that plantation, and I was hired out to other plantations who still had slaves who weren't free. And I would have to watch those little white children. I would have to help them go to the bathroom, and I even followed them to school to make sure that they were okay. And I used to listen to those little children learn about letters. What? or letter. I couldn't see what they were doing because I had to sit outside that schoolhouse. But I listened every day, and I'd even hear people say that colored children couldn't learn. And I kept it a secret that I was learning what they were learning. And one day they sent me to church with little Bob. 
and they would put that Bible on my lap as if I could read. And I didn't know what letters or words were. I heard about them, but I didn't know what they were. And one day they put that Bible in my lap, and the preacher would read from his Bible. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. And all of a sudden, I started to look at these words, and I understood them. And he continued to read, and I stood up and smiled, and I started to realize these are the words. How could I actually know the words? I knew it was a gift from God. But I knew I had to keep it a secret. And when I jumped up in that church, they thought I got the spirit. And the preacher came down off of that pulpit and he asked me, Are you saved? Are you saved? I said, Yes, I'm saved. I'm saved from ignorance. But I still had to keep it a secret that I knew how to read. But somebody that saved a soul me, if you let them know you can learn, they can kill you. So I kept it to myself, and I go down to the river during the day when I could, and I take the stick and write those letters and squiggly lines and dots in the sand, and then I take my foot and I wipe them out. If anybody knew I knew how to read, I don't know what would have happened. And time flowed on like a river, like a river, time flowed on. And one day I was assigned to go in that plantation house and clean in the library. Oh, my goodness. I knew it really was a gift from God then. Books everywhere. Newspapers, even newspapers from color people. And I read those papers every day. But one day, I felt body time. You know how sometimes you can feel a presence behind you? And I turned around, and who did I see but the daughter of John Van Luke? Miss Elizabeth. He said, Mary, still, what are you doing? Oh, I'm not doing nothing, Elizabeth. I'm just in here cleaning. He said, Mary Elizabeth, you don't have to hide the fact that you don't have to be this for because I know you know. I still want to. Oh, no, Miss Elizabeth. I I really don't know how to read. Yes, you do, Mary Elizabeth, and it's okay. You know, I've been wanting to talk to you anyway because you know the war is coming. And you know the North is going to come to this house. And they're going to fight. And one day the slaves are going to be set. And I got a plan. And she would sit down with me every day for a long time. She'd tell me, I know you remember things even before you knew how to She told me I'd have to go to that Confederate White House where Jefferson Davis was. And him and his soldiers would be in there planning for that war. He said, I'm going to send you over there. And you are going to have to act like you are saving. And she prepared me for that thing. And we sit down and I study that. And God gave me a gift of a photographic memory. I remember those maps. I remember those war terms. I remember everything. And one day it was time for me to go to that Confederate White House. And we got in that wagon and I was so nervous. We got in that wagon took me up to that Confederate wife. And when that butler opened that door, oh, I just knew I was going to But I said, I got to do what I got to do because I had to put them slave clothes back on and act like I didn't know a thing. And I turned around 
And I looked at Miss Lizzie. And I told her, I said, I see you. A little louder. I see you when you come back to get me. I'll be ready, and I'll be ready to go home. And she knew I was going to go in there and do a good job. I was going to go in there and look at those maps and all those war documents and tell her everything I knew. And that was the day that I, Mary Elizabeth Bell, became a spy against the South in the Civil War. And that is the beginning of Mary Elizabeth Balfour becoming a spy. And that's the end of my presentation for now. Well, let us all clap and applause. Very, very well done. Very powerful, very profound. Uh, this is oh. actually the first time that I am hearing uh, about this person. Um, share with us, if you'd be so kind, again, your name and a little bit more background uh, about Mary Elizabeth. Okay. It was um, an accident that I found this information about Mary Elizabeth Bowser because I was planning a black history tournament about three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the name Mary Elizabeth Bowser and other names that I never knew, I said, I, I really never heard of her. So I started mm-hmm. to look up a lot of information, which really wasn't a lot of information about her. But the more I dig for information, I'm finding out that because she was a spy, her family destroyed a lot of the documents that gave them that information because mm. She lived in the South. Richmond, Virginia was one of the worst slave states there was, and yet she spied against them. Because when she had gone to the Quaker school in Pennsylvania, which I forgot to add is now Cheney State College, she had gone there and learned more about reading because her master, Elizabeth Van Lu saw that she could learn, even though she had been away to school and Mary Elizabeth Bowser was a child at the time. I'm also learning that she used different names. And when people that lived during the Civil War was asked about her, they really didn't know her by the name Mary Elizabeth Bowser. And the name, she had a last name of Bond, like James Bond, like he was a spy or something. They used Ellen Bond for her during the time when she was spying. And a lot of these things seem to be speculation because of the information that was destroyed. You can find different information when you're reading about other people. Mm-hmm. One person, his name was Thomas McNiven, and he was a baker. He had come from, I believe, London. And he talks about her in some of the documents I've been finding about him and how she was one of the best spies they had because of how she used to portray the fact that she was just a dumb slave. But she was very intelligent, and because she had that photographic memory, Mm -hmm. she gave the best information that they had. She also married... um, she also married when she came home from school, but they didn't know what happened to her husband. They don't even know she had children, but yet it talks about her family who destroyed her information. So I really don't know who they were. 
Have you... Uh, now, first give our audience your name again, please. Eileen Miller. Okay. And are you, uh, beyond a wonderful orator, a historian? What What is your impetus for, for the work that you do? Uh, you mentioned you were putting together a black history uh, presentation or, or series of presentations. Well, I have, and I'm, I'm not really a professional. I just do these things on my own because I see the need. Mm, amen. Um, I, have, I put something together for Mahalia Jackson at the Walt Whitman Center in Camden to celebrate her birthday. Mm-hmm. But when I put the Black History Tournament together, I put it together for children. But then it was it was the adults who enjoyed it better than the children did. That was such a success. I really need to do that again. Yes, you because do. Because the game, I found these games online, and they were free. The board games, they were free. And so I had like six tables with these board games, and the adults did not know a lot of these people that they mentioned in this game. And mm-hmm. so I started really just studying up on a lot of different things because there's a lot of things we really don't know, especially about the war with African Americans and what they all had to go through. Mm-hmm. And even studying Mary Elizabeth Bowser, it's led me to study more about the Civil War. You know a little bit, but you really don't know the heroes that we have in our race during mm-hmm. that Civil War and other wars, which I've learned a lot about other wars because of studying the Civil War. And the reason that, you know, they say it was to get rid of slavery, and it's more to it than that. So at, I just didn't have the interest when I was younger. And, and now you- it's like, you know, I'm finding out a lot of different things. A few, few questions that I have. Firstly, I think that this story about, you know, the secret life of Mary Elizabeth Bowser uh, or Slave Spy, it would be a wonderful uh, book, would be a wonderful made-for-TV movie or even a full-length movie. Well, uh, there is a made-for-TV movie out there. Mm-hmm. I can't find it. It's called A Special Friendship, and it was... Uh, 1987 was CBS. Was a CBS made for TV movie. And you can't and find it. To, you can't find any any um, information about it today. I can't find the DVD itself. The information is on the internet, mm-hmm. and it seems as if you can order it. But when you go to order it, it's not available. Wow, maybe they destroyed that information too, huh? Yeah, maybe so. Because the <laughs> woman who played Mary Elizabeth Bowser is the same woman who played the part of the sister of Philly when they were young girls. Mm-hmm. And I believe LeVar Burton is also in that movie. Mm. And and we should talk, we should talk to his people and see if we can get our hands on it, because, again, it's really a fascinating story. Um, now, you mentioned that you, are profe- you aren't a professional, but I would certainly uh, negate that. <laughs> um, do you, well, do you put it this way, I don't have formal education. <laughs> we don't need a, well, as you are ardently orated, one does not need a formal education to be formally educated, correct? Well, that's, yeah, that is my opinion, <laughs> yes. And, <laughs> well, and, I think I agree with you. Well, uh, and Miller, I really just started this, you know, so kind of new to me. Well, it's fascinating, and, you know, it. One of the things that hits home 
uh, in terms of this discussion is that you talk about actually going about preparing the Black History Tournament for children, but it's really a lot of our adults who uh, are serve as the conduit of sharing our history with our children who may be lacking in this right. information. And I, I think the you know the Black History Tournament is a wonderful idea. I I have a, a T-shirt company. It's I'm more of a Black youth empowerment company called Unity Design, and one of our T-shirts suggests make Black History every day, 365. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know we have an opportunity to make history in some capacity, and we should certainly be sharing our history in every capacity, That's every true. day. Mm-hmm. That's now, why I decided to do this too, because. I knew that when I was in school, I was very bored, especially when it came to history. And, of course, we didn't have much of our history when I was going to school. That's and right. I George Washington. We got, we got all the George Washington and little of George Washington oh, yeah. Harvard. Oh, yes. And, I mean, who would ever think any of this was happening, you know? Even now, when I tell people about this woman, you know, they say, we never heard of her. And they always say, like you said, this should be a movie. And I say, it is a movie. I just have to find it. But when I was studying her, I decided I visit um, Richmond, Virginia, with a group called African Genesis. Mm-hmm. And because she was from Richmond, it's like she wants me to tell her story. So after that trip, that's when I decided to put her into character mm-hmm. and make her. Now, do you do alive. a play? Do you actually do a play? I know Not you know yet, the only. Not yet. <laughs> okay. Oh, there. Oh, so now let's talk about your future plans. Then, what, 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 what is around the corner for you? Where are you going okay. and growing with this? Well, it's really funny that you asked me about a play because my girlfriends and I, we we always like to put things together. And I told them the other day, I said, you know, I really want to take this further, and I want to make this into a play. Mm-hmm. And they agree. It needs to be put to a play. So well, I don't know, know how soon, but it will be. Okay, well, good. Um, you know, there's something that's very prevalent, especially among our youth and teens and even too many of our young adults today, and that's edutainment, where we have to clearly understand that there's other uh, vices that we are fighting against in the sharing of information, in the capacity of learning, and in the interest of learning and engagement when it mm-hmm. comes to our youth. And we have to be creative, i.e., you know, making a game out of black history, mm-hmm. i.e. making a play or some type of educational uh, or entertainment piece that can educate those who see it, listen to it, watch it. I agree. And that's why I try to come up with different ways to do it, to make it memorable. Because who is going to remember her name after they see me perform? Mm-hmm. And I've seen other performers, and I never thought I would be doing it. (laughs) But, I mean, I believe God gave me a gift like this, you know, from years ago, being in church and doing different things. And so I said, okay, it's time. Uh, Let us quickly just share with our listeners that you are listening to Just the Freedom is Faith. My name is Arlie Gordon, our very special guest tonight is the professional researcher and historian, despite her claims, Eileen Miller. (laughs) And if anyone uh, among our listeners would like to call in with comments or questions, you can do so by dialing 347 
324-5552. We'd love to hear from you. Um, what else, if anything, can you tell us about Mary Elizabeth Bowser? Mary Elizabeth Bowser also, from what I am researching, she after she left school, she went to Liberia because during that time they felt that since slaves had become free, that it would be better for them to go to Africa, back to Africa. Now, that turn back to Africa did not fit her because she had never been in Africa, mm. as a lot of slaves had never been to Africa. So it was a lot of turmoil in Liberia, trying to get the politics of it together. And a lot of them didn't even understand each other's language. And she decided to come back because Richmond, Virginia was her home. But when Mr. Van Lu had set her free, a lot of people, white people, did not realize they had set her free. But she had her papers on her, and so she was arrested. And that's when Elizabeth Van Lu went to get her out of jail for like $10. Mm. And so she told her that she could stay with her, and she did. But eventually she had moved out on her own. She also used to help Elizabeth Van Lu take food and clothing to the Union prisoners at the Libby Prison, which is in Richmond, Virginia. Mm -hmm. But that also was a way to spy also, because when they would take cakes and different clothing to them, they would have different codes on different pieces of paper hidden, and then they would get that information to the Union soldier. But it was a lot of disease going on then, because back then they didn't have indoor plumbing or anything, and it was a lot of disease going on. They killed. I think the soldiers probably died from more disease than they did from the battle itself. Battle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So but it, let me, it, on a more personal note, what sparked what sparked your interest in in um, our history? Was it simply uh, a quest to um, better inform and educate yourself? Was it strictly for uh, your Black History Tournament series? Uh, was it something in your childhood that sort of lent itself as a God-given gift to uh, want to better understand and share our history? Yeah, I think it really... Or a combination of those things. It's a combination because... Again, during that Black History Tournament, they have cards with so many different names of people that I never knew. And at the time, I was in a music appreciation class, and we were told to come up with somebody to write a paper about. And I said, you know, we need to do somebody different. And a lot of people were doing Bach, Beethoven, Mozart. You know, I said, okay, it has to be somebody out there that's black that I can write on. And and so I found somebody and they called him a uh, Mozart Noir. And he was from he was a slave master's child and his the slave master saw that this child was very intelligent. So he educated him. And I you know, I didn't know anything about him either. And so I started looking up different people from these cards, but Mary Elizabeth 
she wasn't on the cards, but for some reason, I ran into her on the internet, and that's how I found her. I have well, I've always been interested in Black history, just never studied it formally in school or anything. And when I see what our children are going through, growing up, not really caring about furthering their education because the world is so fast around them and then they have to sit in school and just read or do things that's not interesting. And I'm not saying all schools, but a lot of schools. I mean, you know, people don't teach them about it at home. And I decided you you have to make things interesting for kids today. So when I found the... The, it, they call him Mozart Noir. Um, he has different names that they use. When I found him, and they do have music that he does on CD and DVD, I said, okay, let me start trying to find other people. Because I love the Martin Luther Kings. You know, I love the people we hear about, Harriet Tubman, mm-hmm. um, all the people we hear about. I love all that. But who else was out there? And there is so about? much more. Yeah, oh, and there is so really there's so much. many more people uh, who so were much. a part of what we too often take for granted uh, today in terms of our freedom. Well, even during your skit, there were a couple of things that I took for it from it. Uh, one was making the most of your opportunities. Uh, number two was valuing learning, which I don't see being the case with too many of our young people today, and we really need to begin mm-hmm. to look at that and uh, improve that. Reality, right? And you know, if you don't you know, free and fill your mind, you are in many ways still a slave. Yes, that slave mentality. Correct. Because the fathers were always taken from the families when they, you know, when they were slaves, they were taken. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing today. There's hardly any men in the homes of our people. That's right. And Children don't even know what it is to have a man in the house. I used to be in a group in a church in Atlanta, and I asked this little girl, do you miss your father not living with you? She said, he never lived with me, so I wouldn't know what it was for him to live with me. And I always had my father, so I thought about that, and I said, that is just so sad. Mm-hmm. And that's true in too many homes today, and I really mm-hmm. encourage any men who are listening, to uh, realize that you can still be a father figure in the lives and communities of our children because that is really a vital, critical element in the lives and educational lives of our children. Ms. Miller, we've run out of time, unfortunately. I'd like you to give our listeners your contact information if you're so inclined in case they want to get in contact with you for any reason. Okay, that's no problem. Um, my phone number is 856-366-8492, and if I don't answer, just leave a message. I want to thank and you I'd so like much. And I'd like to thank you for the opportunity. I never did that on the phone before, so it was kind of different. <laughs> well, we want to thank you for sharing uh, this fascinating character with us. Uh, and sharing your time and your recent works with us. Please keep us abreast of future projects so that we can share and support them among our listeners in any way possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you again. In closing, 
I'd like all of our listeners to remember to share our rich history and heritage with our children and others for that matter, but specifically our children so that we instill in them greater levels of self-identity and self-esteem and prayerfully in that realization even greater opportunities to believe, achieve, and succeed. Thank you for joining us on The Gist of Freedom is Faith. Good night and God bless. We who believe in freedom cannot rest. We who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes. We who believe in freedom cannot rest. That which touches me most is that I had a chance to work with people, passing on to others that which was passed on to me. Through the gate.